Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Do you want to go for a bike ride on Sunday? Pedro asked me. Where and what will the weather be like? I replied with a grumpy snarl to my voice. I hated that he even asked me because he had to know that I'd probably say no. He rolled his eyes and checked his weather app. 89 in Sholo and 92 in Flagstaff. I'll pass, I told him, unless we can be there by sunrise and ride before it gets hot. He hates getting up early on weekends as much as I hate exercising in heat. We'd had the same conversation countless times. I feel guilty about not spending time with him. He feels frustrated that I can't suck it up and enjoy an afternoon doing something we both love. My intense dislike of hot weather always peaks in August. For a few blessed hours each day, usually between 3.30 and 6.30 a.m., the temperatures dip into the 60s during these golden hours, although I don't know if one can call them golden because the sun doesn't come up until 5.45. I can enjoy the great outdoors. I can't always drag myself out of bed early enough to enjoy walking and running in the cooler hours, though. I've noticed a negative trend in my emotions pretty much every August for the past 20 years. I get angry more often. One August, a poem built up inside me and exploded all over the pages of my journal. I'll share it with you now. August makes me angry. The death throes of summer squeeze my spirit out sweaty rivulet by sweaty rivulet. Long days that stretched before me with not much to do morphed into choppy days with not enough time to finish all I'd intended. I yearned for cooler weather without the artificial hum of air conditioners and fans. Escape beckons, but duty calls me back. Danger lurks, coiled and ready to strike as I trudge through hot, sticky days, delighted only when infrequent thunderstorms dump monsoon rains on the dry, parched desert and me. I dance wildly behind the curtain of rain, shaking my fist at August. Tension drains like roiling brown water down the gully. Anger spent, I wander home after the tempest, ready for another long August day. So why does August bring out the angry in me? For years, I had no idea. But a relatively new branch of psychology, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, or EMDR, may hold the answer. Patients with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, addictions, and panic attacks have found EMDR therapy useful for helping them reprocess traumatic events or triggers while a therapist directs them to move their eyes back and forth. It sounds overly simple. The founder of EMDR movement, psychologist Francine Shapiro, discovered the technique when she realized But as she walked in the woods, her negative emotions abated. I'll leave a link in the show notes to an animated video that explains the process and the psychology behind EMDR. EMDR is not the same thing as hypnosis. Learning about EMDR helped me realize why my emotions go haywire during August. I can only practice one of my two favorite ways of processing emotions, journaling, in hot weather. In August, the weather conspires against me. Instead of going for a long walk after school, I retreat to my air-conditioned living room. 
The minor annoyances of the day boil and clump together, resulting in an unidentifiable, gelatinous mass of anger and grumpy attitude. If someone were to ask me if I was angry, I would most likely deny it. After all, I rarely have anything to get really angry about. But unresolved emotions morph into pent-up anger if we don't work to resolve them. Kind of like clearing the cache in your computer speeds it up and helps it process everything more efficiently. Since exercise increases endorphins, and both walking and running require us to move our eyes back and forth, they provide a happy kind of self-administered EMDR, which explains why I get angry in August when I don't exercise at my regular times. I'm going to share with you eight hacks on how to release pent-up anger. These hacks come from a variety of sources, including personal experience. Hack number one, show up. According to Dr. Susan David, author of Emotional Agility, showing up means facing into your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors willingly with curiosity and kindness. Whether you write in your journal or go for a walk, you need to show up with compassion and kindness for yourself. Emotions are. We all have them, and they don't make us good or bad. Start your exercise session with intent and kindness. Don't deny your emotions. Acknowledge them. Hack number two, tune out. For some people, like me, listening to music, podcasts, or books takes away from the therapeutic experience of walking. I can't hear myself think when I try to pay attention to sounds coming out of my earbuds. If you normally exercise while listening to something, I challenge you to leave the earbuds at home sometime. You don't have to leave them home every time, but at least a couple times a week, go out walking or running without something in your ears. Hack number three, pick a target. Think about what's bothering you or annoying you. Remember not to berate yourself for your pent-up anger or negative feelings, but do identify what it is you'd like to process. Hack number four, find a rhythm. Walk rapidly or run and let your eyes track from side to side. That's how Shapiro first discovered the benefits of eye movement in reprocessing strong emotions. Let your mind process the experiences of your target problem or emotions as you walk. You don't have to ruminate about the problem or the emotion. Just think about it with kindness and compassion. Hack number five, ask yourself kind questions. Dr. Susan Davis suggests asking yourself about the function of your emotions. For example, what is the purpose of this emotion? Whatever it is that your target makes you feel. Is something buried beneath the emotion? Maybe another more difficult to acknowledge emotion. Or what is the emotion trying to tell you? And what will it get you? Remember not to berate yourself or ask yourself unkind questions. Or make unkind statements about yourself. Hack number six. Make room for the bigger picture. I often walk outside in the evenings and experience spectacular sunsets. Seeing the scope of beauty transports me outside my anger and frustration and helps me see the bigger picture. Two days or even two years from now, it won't matter that a driver cut me off and almost made me wreck. So what is the bigger picture in the problem you are trying to process? Hack number seven, acknowledge the emotion. Maybe what you thought was anger is actually sadness in disguise or even fear. Processing helps us sort out the mess and gives us insight into taking the next step. Hack number eight, take the next step. Maybe you'll discover you would benefit from professional therapy or counseling. If so, take the next step. Perhaps you'll discover you can laugh at the triggering incident once you've identified the source of angst and the feelings will be resolved. Whatever you do, 
don't hit something when you're angry. Walking, running, hiking, or EMDR act differently than pulling out the proverbial punching bag, whether real or imagined. According to Dr. Susan David, people use one of three strategies for dealing with anger. They bottle, which is to push their emotions aside and try to ignore them. They brood, think endlessly about the problem, obsess over an incident, and run multiple scenarios and outcomes through their mind, or remain overly cheerful. Psychologist Brad Bushman did a study which proves physical lashing out at an inanimate object actually makes us angrier. Bushman wanted to design an experiment that would either prove or disprove catharsis theory. Catharsis theorists believe taking out pent-up anger on an inanimate object helps people release their anger in a constructive way. Bushman gave study participants the same trigger. He angered them with scathing feedback on something they had written. Next, he asked one group to punch a bag while thinking about the person who would criticize them so harshly. They were to brood, in other words. He told the second group to think about improving their health as they hit the punching bag, bottlers and people who try to remain cheerful. For the third group, Bushman didn't offer them an outlet for their anger. Instead, he had them sit quietly while he fixed a problem with a computer. Afterward, all participants answered questions about their level of anger on a form. Next, participants had the opportunity to blast the person who had given them the negative feedback with an air horn. Surprisingly, at the end of the exercise, the brooders, the ones who had vented their pent-up anger with punching, remained the angriest. Brooding, ruminating, and punching actually made them angrier. The least angry group consisted of those who had done nothing but sit quietly. As I get older, I value sorting through my emotional baggage as it shows up on the carousel of life. I learned the hard way about the soul-sucking consequences of bottling, brooding, or acting falsely cheerful. The consequences involved poor health, depression, and weight gain. I'll leave links in the show notes to some of those posts. Instead of sleeping in during August now, I get up and exercise at sunrise. If I have an overwhelming day, I make sure to go for a walk in the evening, sometimes even after dark. I'd rather meet a rattlesnake on the path than turn into one the next day. I've started going to bed earlier, so getting up the next morning won't leave me grumpy. And before I go to sleep, I spend five minutes journaling about my day with curiosity and kindness. So don't forget the eight hacks for releasing pent-up anger. Hack number one, show up. Hack number two, Tune out and take some time with your thoughts. Hack number three, pick a target. What do you need to process or think about? Hack number four, find a rhythm and let your eyes track back and forth. Hack number five, ask yourself kind questions. Hack number six, make room for the bigger picture. Hack number seven, acknowledge the emotions you're feeling. And hack number eight, go ahead and take the next step. Join me next week when I talk about why I've tried to eliminate the word should from my vocabulary. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together, we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.